and two other countries. <laughs> the Czech Republic and Italy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Strongly Worded. I'm Sue O'Lear. And I'm Johnny Hampton. And we are recording on Saturday, the 24th of October. We wanted to bring a, a special episode uh, featured or focused on the final presidential debate that took place on Thursday. But before we get started with that, uh, I think Johnny and I would both like to say thank you to our listeners. We have had an amazing time watching the download numbers grow. Yes, and we are in 14 different states. And two different countries. Three different countries, because oh, this is a country. Right, three different countries, <laughs> United States included. <laughs> Johnny is uh, an accountant by day and a numbers nerd, so he's kept me uh, abreast, fully abreast of the stats as they Yes, I, hey, listen, 14 different states, mm -hmm. uh, three different countries. I don't know who you got, whoever it is in the Czech Republic and Italy. But we, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you very much for listening. We love you. We do indeed. So, um, as you, you know, funny that you might be watching from the other side of the world, as my kids used to call it when they were little, um, and seeing what's happening here in our country. But the election is currently taking place. Johnny just visited a polling place today. Yes, I took my mom to early vote today. It was a long line. Good. But she got out of there quickly. Yeah. Um, Lots of uh, flags and signs out front. Lots of flags and signs out front. Yeah. Lots of, you know, Trump, Biden. Yeah. And of course, all the local all elections. All the local. I, I've been seeing a lot of that local stuff. Our, our particular local election, I think, local elections are probably about as nasty as the national election. Oh, they're real nasty. Yeah. It, this year, they've been really negative. Yeah. Like, I don't even know who to vote for for mayor. Honest to goodness, we don't have a choice. We do not have a good choice. Every you male. Know what it's going to be a lesser of two evils vote. <laughs> Maybe we should write someone in. I should, yes, I, I, I'm going to write myself in. No, I don't want that job. <laughs> I Sorry. don't either. No way. Um, okay, so, but we, we definitely wanted to take a few minutes to go through and touch on uh, this final debate between our presidential candidates when. We have twice live tweeted, and that's been fun. We didn't get thrown in Twitter jail this time, no. which was cool. But um, uh, I find it harder sometimes to pay attention to the substance of the debate when we're tweeting it. Well, you're so fast. So just to let everyone know, we both tweet mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Sue is super fast with the tweets. Like, I take my time, and then sometimes I'll look at the timeline, like, she already has beaten me <laughs> to what I was about to say. And a couple of times we tweeted almost the same exact thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, it. I've been doing that for a while. Uh -huh. uh, I used to do it on Facebook, just on my personal timeline. Uh -huh. So that's how I've been kind of watching these things for a while. So it's kind of like commonplace for me now to do that. Uh -huh. But, you know, the debate was cool. The debate was cool. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start from the beginning. So we're both, we've got a copy of the transcript in front of us. And really, I just want to start with the moderator. What did you think? I thought the moderator was good, Miss Welker. Miss Welker. She, yeah. was, she was very good, much better than Kristen Wallace. Mm -hmm. um, she kept them in line. She gave them what it seemed equal time, mm -hmm. uh, tried to keep them to the questions that she asked. I thought she was a very strong moderator. And because of that, we got 
a more decent debate. I mean, it really did almost seem like a debate, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Even if one or both of the candidates veered from the topic, there wasn't a, a, there wasn't the talking over and the you know quite the same style of argument. It was somewhat more substantive. Right. I hope one day we'll actually get a moderator who won't accept any answer but the answer to the actual question. Because that that annoys me. It does. If they ask you about, you know, racial injustice and you talk about Hunter Biden's laptop or Donald Trump's taxes, that has nothing to do with the question. Right. So we didn't learn anything. Those, those moments kind of upset me. Or we learned something, just not <laughs> what the question sent out to teach us. Right. Yeah. So uh, the one thing... Uh, aside from the fly that I missed, though, is I really I wanted to feel the presence of the cut mic. I mean, I, I wanted to notice it. I you didn't notice it? it? No, I really I noticed didn't. it a couple of times. Yeah? Yeah, I noticed it for both of them a couple of times, but it wasn't... I wanted it to be a character in the show. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not kidding, because I feel like I've, I've watched all of the... Every year I watch all of them. Every time we go through this, I right. watch all of them. And we've been dying for it. Right. I felt like a couple of times they were talking and they got to the end and the mic was cut mm -hmm. and you, can, you couldn't hear their last couple of words. But I think just the specter, like just the danger of your mic getting cut made them talk less. They didn't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. And because of that, they kind of stuck to the rules. That's a good observation for why that. Yeah, you know, so there wasn't six and seven, eight minutes worth of talking or talking over anyone because can you, can you imagine how embarrassing it would have been for any of them to be mid-sentence and just get cut off right? like a child. <laughs> <laughs> like like the Oscars when the music comes yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Or the gong show. Maybe we needed a gong. I mean, so, yeah, you know, so I, I think just that rule, just being there, made them... Behave themselves. Be, yes. Mm -hmm. um, I also thought she did a really interesting and it worked out pretty well job of sort of off the cuff giving them time to respond. Yes, you know, 30 seconds here. 10 seconds there. Exactly. You know, just not letting them, you know, not that one person get the last word. Get equal time is what you need when you have a debate. Yeah. And if you can get that, then you can really get a sense of the candidates. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think of the topics? The topics were kind of repetitive, but I understand why. Because in the first debate, they didn't talk about anything. Mm -hmm. Because there was a bunch of yelling and so, to me, the topics were repetitive, mm -hmm. but I understand why they were. But, you know, you have to talk about COVID-19. Me, as a black man, I, 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 want, I, like, I like to talk about racial injustice, and we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so those things, you know, the environment, these are all important things, mm -hmm. which should have been covered in the first debate. Right. Uh, I'm, I remember when you used to have a debate that had was just domestic topics, then your next one was just... Uh, foreign relations. Right, and that was some of the talk leading into this one that Trump was so upset about. That we, that we apparently made a break from tradition. Yeah, well, that, that's his fault, though. Yeah. If he would have just shut up in the first debate, you know. I had a boss a long, long, long time ago. I used to always, and we would have conference calls, and I used to always want to say everything. Mm -hmm. We were dealing with a... Oh, you were that guy. No, so we, we had... <laughs> Side note here, America, <laughs> in Czech Republic and Italy. Italy. 
we you know we had I was back then working in credit and collections and we had bought these magazines that were in California that they didn't really like us. And they were always blaming us for stuff. And I would always want to get everything off and tell them about themselves. And my boss said, hey, sometimes you just got to say a couple of things and let a person hang themselves. Talk for a minute and then shut up, Johnny. That's exactly what she said. Mm -hmm. Shut up, Johnny. And I've learned to do that over time. And I, if Trump would have did that in the first debate, who knows where the race would be now. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a little bit of that in this debate, which we'll get to. And I think it worked for him in, in, in some respects. Yeah. I, I was watching um, some of the pre-shows, flipping the different channels to watch some of the pre-shows, and they were saying that historically the incumbent usually does the best job in the last one. Always. I remember... I remember um, Obama and Mitt Romney mm-hmm. and I remember Barack Obama looked like he was just the walking dead like a zombie mm-hmm. in their first debate it was like he had no, it was no energy at all and in the second one he was much better mm-hmm. um, I think like I said I think if Trump would have just shut up in the first one he would he would be better off right now but he couldn't help himself no there were a few times he couldn't almost couldn't help himself even Thursday night I yes. thought and uh, I thought that Vice President Biden did a good job of just letting that unfold. Yeah. Even, you know, he had some looks, which was fine, you know, some of the lack, but even that was a little toned down because, you know how they say when somebody yells, the best thing to do for you is to get quieter? Yes. You know, just let them. Let them go off. Go off. All right, so our first uh, topic was COVID-19. The actual question was... President Trump, the first question is for you. The country is heading into dangerous, a dangerous new phase. More than 40,000 Americans are in the hospital tonight with COVID, including record numbers here in Tennessee. And since the two of you last shared a stage, 16,000 Americans have died. So please be specific. How would you lead the country during this next stage of the coronavirus crisis? Two minutes uninter- uninter- <laughs> uninterrupted. Yeah, so if I was Trump, I would just <laughs> forfeit the topic. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like this one, you just got to fall on your sword. Exactly. Like, I don't understand why when people do a bad job, they just don't say, my bad, I messed this up. I could respect you more for that. But don't tell me how great of a job you're doing when we have, we're the leading country in the world with coronavirus deaths and we what is what is the what is the stat we have like four percent of the world's population with almost 25 percent of the deaths right that means you did a poor job and he he is not well versed in the pivot like some people are i mean kamala harris's pivot uh that I loved so much when they were talking about court packing and she said, you want to talk about packing the court? Let's right. talk about what's going on now. Um, he, Trump is not good at that, but he tried, I think, when he interjected, because that first answer is when he interjected that Johnson & Johnson was going to have a vaccine by the end of the year and uh, uh, that he he became cured. You don't I get mean, cured. I mean, it's just, that's to me, that's utter nonsense. It's utter nonsense. So you're watching this debate, and you're looking for some, you know, substantive stuff. And you're not getting it because he's just going to lie. Right. 
And I, and I get it. All politicians lie to a certain extent. I understand that 100%. But we all know there's not a person in this country who could possibly think that President Trump has done a good job with COVID-19. We're running around with masks on still right now. Other We're not, and uh, fighting about it. <laughs> right. Other countries are way are further along than we are with way less resources. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. So I would have fallen on my sword then and got out of this topic as fast as I could mm-hmm. to get on to something else. So I don't think he used the entire two minutes. So he did get out of there as fast <laughs> as he could. And he, we know he's never going to fall on a sword about anything. Um, and so the question went to, to Biden, right? How would you lead the country out of this crisis? And so um, Biden took a minute to comment on, on the deaths. Right. And then began talking about a plan. And that's another thing. So I think in this election what they are setting up and it's going to, it's working for Biden so far, you know, empathy from Biden versus this cult of personality, which is Trump. I don't think I've ever heard Trump refer to the well over 200,000 people that have died. He, the whole time he was sick, didn't refer to his wife who was sick. Or he, and we didn't know at the time his son was sick. We inferred, but I mean, the first time he's ever referenced a sick family member was when he was talking about how how quickly his son recovered before almost before they even knew he had it. Right. So Biden talks about you know the, the two hundred twenty thousand. It's probably more now that have died. He talks about the plan he might have, and you can agree or disagree with the plan, but it's an actual plan. Mm-hmm. You know we don't we don't have any testing plan right now. There's nothing in place. I mean, his Trump's people are still talking about how we have more cases because of because we're doing too much testing. If we just stop testing, I mean that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't even understand how people like that. That to me, how do people believe that? So will we have more pregnant women if they test more? Uh, more people with the flu if we test more? Exactly. What what other condition does that logic fit? It's not any logic. It's ridiculous well, logic was an air quotes, yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's illogical <laughs> <laughs> just because you're getting tested for something doesn't mean you're going to find it more if you're living the correct way and doing the right things right right um and that's the thing too i i knew somebody who thought they might be sick but didn't want to get tested and uh you know, my question was, well, are you going to change your behavior anyway? Because it's not really about you once you get sick. It's about the people. I mean, it is about you, but it's also the people around you. Right. You have to make sure that you're not spreading this thing. Right. And, you know, I've long said uh, one of my biggest statements on the United States is I love living here. I wouldn't, obviously, wouldn't live anywhere else. It's the greatest country in the world. But we have always and we continue to lack empathy for one another. That's so very true. If we had empathy... It's looked at such, as such a weakness. Right. We don't have empathy for one another. And that's why we have 220-something thousand people dead. And I feel like... And I don't want to alienate anybody who might be listening, who might be 
a pro-Trump individual. But I feel like even the folks who say, oh, but it was predicted we were gonna lose 2,200,000 people, that's, it's not, that's not even coming from an empathetic place. Like there's such a callousness and, and that's it. And that's if you did nothing. Mm -hmm. Like again, so sometimes people have to look at things for themselves. They have to do some actual research. They have to read something that's not gonna confirm their bias. That 2.2 million is if we did nothing. Right. If we didn't wear masks, if we didn't quarantine, if we did nothing, that many people will have died. And we, we did something, but not enough. And we did it well past when we should have, and we did it without any transparency. We did it under this sort of cloud of being dishonest about what they already knew about the virus. Right, so he's, he, you know, this topic is a loser for Trump and Pence. They cannot talk about it on a campaign trail. They have to move on to something else. Right. Because it's just... Well, no, they're not going to not talk about it on the campaign trail. They're just going to spew the propaganda. It's not, but it's not working. And that's my point. Like, eventually, you, you should just not be talking about this at any of your rallies, period. Right. Period. I don't know who is, is advising him to talk about this. You cannot talk about this. 220,000 people have died. And you're the boss. So I had that talk, when I talked to my parents, I was at my mom and dad's a little while back, or no, maybe it was on the phone. And he, there's always that his his rallies are so big and so full. Well, it, that's irresponsible to do that, and he's the guy in control. Oh, he's working so hard, tireless. He had five rallies in three days. Well, that's super irresponsible <laughs> to be gathering all these people. Well, they have a choice to go or not go, but when you're the guy in control, you're the one that's supposed to know better and know those crowds of however many thousands of people should not be doing that. Everybody has a choice, mm -hmm. okay? But when you're a leader, you try to lead them to do the right thing. Exactly. If you know, that is the point of leadership trying to show people a better way to do something. You don't just, oh, well, they have a choice. Well, you know, that's, that's like my man from Rocky. If they die, they die. That's what, that's what we're doing. Right. Like, we, that's, that's not leadership. It's a Rocky, <laughs> a Rocky reference, ladies and gentlemen. My man Drago. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Um, all right, so I think that we're both in agreement without going through every follow-up question. Um, that the the first topic went to went to the Biden camp. Yeah, I mean, there's it goes there by default. It goes there by default. I don't I don't care who you are. You can't think that the administration has done a good job. Period. Or if you do, full stop. You're mistaken. You you're wrong. <laughs> and I love you, and I want you to listen to the podcast. But if you think the administration has done a good job with COVID, you are incorrect. Hashtag strongly worded pod. <laughs> All right, so uh, there was a quick um, mention about schools and reopening the schools, and I would just like to take this moment to plug that you're not just voting for a presidential candidate, you're voting to replace Betsy DeVos. Oh, we, I, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, we both have kids in school, and I feel so bad for the teachers. 
and administrators because they have had absolutely no guidance whatsoever. It has been... The fact that she is not an educator and we're absolutely from the ground up redefining what education means in this country right now. And the person who is supposed to be leading the charge has, is not, has not, has never been an educator. It, this is the wild, wild west right now. Uh, and that was one of his first appointments. And even... And the only one that's been there from the beginning, right? And even people that I know that voted for Trump don't, don't like her. Yeah. I mean, so yes, you know, when you vote for a president, you're also voting for cabinet members that are going to hopefully take this country forward and not leave it in neutral which I think we've been at with climate change and education, actually. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll get to climate change later here. All right, so the next topic uh, from debate night was on national security. Um, the moderator says, all right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is national security. Let me do that. And I do want to start with the security of our elections and some breaking news from overnight. Just last night, top intelligence officials confirmed again that both Russia and Iran are working to influence this election. Side note, we had a little touch of that Iranian influence here in Palm Coast. Oh. With those texts that yeah. went out. Yeah. We can come back to that. Let me. Uh, both countries have obtained U.S. voter registration information, these officials say, and Iran sent... Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Iran sent intim intimidating messages to Florida voters. Uh, this question goes to you, Mr. Vice President. What would you do to put an end to this threat? So how do we do there? Well, I, you know, I've long thought that, you know, President Trump doesn't care about this because it benefited him the first time around. Um, he still hasn't, I don't think he's talked to Russia at all about what they've done. And it doesn't surprise me that Iran is doing this because he got out of the Iran deal. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to get payback for that, uh, you know. So, you know, again, I think we know Trump has been a little soft when it comes to the security of our elections. If he can win, he doesn't care how. And that, you know, goes way back to one of our earlier discussions about what type of businessman do you have. If it's, you know, I think you're the one who said, you know, if you've got a businessman who just wants to get profits at all costs, that's probably not the guy you need. Mm -hmm. So I think Trump wants to win no matter what. So, hey, if Iran is sending a text saying, <laughs> vote for me, not for Biden, why do I care about that? Mm -hmm. that that's, that's, the, that's the stance he takes. Now, you know, what he said in the, in the debate, these are all different things, but, I don't, you know, your actions or what I'm focused on in this particular topic. And I don't know how well Joe Biden would do either. I'm not, like, I'm not sure this is a great debate question, but they had to ask it. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I mean, I, I tend to, my thoughts tend to really echo yours right now. I am uh, in agreement that Trump wants to win at all costs. When you're a man who's four hundred dollars in debt to four no, no. hundred million dollars, sorry, yeah. oopsie, <laughs> put some zeros on that. <laughs> four hundred million dollars in debt to foreign lenders, and uh, you know you have to think there's some type of 
I don't know. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, right. but you know, there's there's reasons why people around the world would want him in power, and reasons why he could look the other way at some of this stuff. To and and you can tell just by his answer because his answer was, Joe, you got three and a half million dollars from right. Russia. Classic deflection. Like that has nothing to do Mm-mm. with what you would do. Right. So you're just going to talk about all these think different conspiracy theories and all these things floating out there. Because you can't really say, I've done X, Y, and Z. And it's very classic Trump to say, um, well, I'm not doing that. Like when they talked about Governor Whitmer and lock her up, lock her up. And he kept saying, well, I didn't say that. Well, you didn't shut it down. And you didn't say it was inappropriate. Right. And so you are associated with that behavior. Well, just because, you know, you don't, you're saying you don't know of or you can't imagine that this election interference could be happening you're the man on top right now and it should be your you're, concern. you're getting briefed every morning you know what russia did it's not a hoax now you know i have a different take on that you know biden had a pie in the sky answer i'm gonna make everybody take a pledge and uh, <laughs> right. you know i oh okay <laughs> yeah i'm sure that's gonna work you know everyone's <laughs> just gonna you know leave you alone because you're joe biden so i but you know with, with with Trump, he he knows what happened. Mm-hmm. He's he's getting the right information. So for you to allow people to continue to say it was a hoax is just an irresponsible thing to do. Okay, and it's because you're benefiting from it. Absolutely. You know, I wish, you know, in some respects, I wish I could live like that, but I can't do that. You know, I can't just because something's benefiting me. If it's hurting someone else. I can't live like that. And so, you know, like I said, they're setting this thing up as character, Biden's character versus Trump character. Like, I buy into that because I'm a character-driven person. No, your character means a lot to me. And in this topic, like I said, you know, they went back and forth about Ukraine and what Joe Biden let happen when he was president and you let them take Ukraine and all this other kind of stuff, but he never talked about what he would do to secure the elections. And that's what I mean when right. I'm in the beginning well, when we talked about just how they don't answer the questions. Right. And all all Trump is doing locally is trying to make it harder for people to vote. And I actually talked about that with a Republican today. Uh, you had a conversation with a Republican today? Yes. <laughs> uh, I took my mom to vote, and there was a young lady out there who was you know, just one engine back of the legal place to be and giving people, and Democrats are doing it too, by the way. I just didn't park by the Democrats. They give you, uh, what did, I forget what she was calling it. That little card, that little yeah. cheat sheet. Right, and it tells you, okay, vote for this, vote for this person. Slate, yeah. the slate, slate card. Slate card, that's what she called it. And we had a conversation, and even she said, because like I said, the lines were long. We only have three early voting locations here. And... Not that we're some big county, but the lines, people have been waiting for an hour. For our little city, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And she said, makes you wonder if there's going to be anybody left to vote on the third. I hope not, because that's when I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking to her, and, and even she was saying she couldn't understand why they were making it so difficult to vote. Mm-hmm. So that's just not, you know, everyone sees that. Mm-hmm. And if someone is confident about their chances to win, they won't make it harder for people to vote. 
So that's how I know that Trump and his people are a little nervous about the election because they are so intent on making it difficult to vote. Mm -hmm. And so early they began to plant the seeds that the vote was going to be, that the results were going to be somehow illegitimate. Right. So when you ask him about election security, he's doing his best to, uh, I'm trying to find the right phrase, but he's doing his best to undermine the election. Mm -hmm. So why would he care if someone else is doing it? As long as it's to his benefit, he doesn't care. Exactly. Uh, conversation sort of went back to the uh, topic of tax returns and you know looking at foreign entanglements. And, and it's because and I and I actually I think I actually tweeted this on a, on a, on a strongly worded P <laughs> <laughs> Twitter account <laughs> when he started to talk about the money that Joe Biden got from Ukraine or the money he thinks he got. Why would you do that? That gives Joe Biden now when she says, okay, would you like to respond? Why don't you show us your taxes? Where do you get your money from? That's exactly what happened. And now you got to talk five minutes about how you paid $750 in taxes? Which is, the mm-hmm. you know, then he went on to say how he prepaid his taxes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, wait a minute. Right? <laughs> so listen. I'm an accountant. Yes. Can you please handle this? I have. I actually have a friend who, on Facebook. He's not. He, he's a friend on Facebook. That's why <laughs> I'll leave it. Who is also an accountant who thinks he has to explain to me accountant things <laughs> when I've already told him I was an accountant. In any event, yes, you can prepay your taxes. Most small businesses do this. There is no way someone like Donald Trump, is prepaying millions in taxes with the loopholes available to him. There's just no way. Now, some people have never heard of prepaying taxes. It's actually a thing. You can do it quarterly. It's a thing. Yeah, okay? we, I did that when I owned a small right. business. When my so sister, I get hit with right. When my loans. sister-in-law owned a daycare, I said, hey, this, is, this option is available to you mm-hmm. if you feel like you're making too much money. Trump is not doing that. No. There's no way, okay, now, and you haven't been under audit for four years. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but if you believe this stuff, you j- it's just because you want to believe it. And I'm okay with that, but just don't try to convince me of it. Mm-hmm. Don't post on my timeline that that's a possibility, mm-hmm. because it isn't. You know, I have a, a friend from childhood, and, you know, we reconnected on Facebook, as you do. Mm-hmm. And I love and adore her, Republican as she may be. <laughs> we shared a very special time in our life, you know, little right. girls across the street from each other, friends, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and, you know, today she posted, shared one of those posts that goes deeply in depth to how on uh, how immoral the Bidens are. And I said, until you post something that also speaks to Trump's character in the same way, it's meaningless, right? I mean... I have a, I have a, a phrase for that that I like. You know, selective outrage. Sele- selective outrage. So you want to be mad at what you perceive Biden is doing. Like, let's, let's just say this, okay? There's no politicians that are clean. Right. We know the game. 
Right. So the question is, how dirty do you want to be? Right. And really, my point with her was, and I said it, was that believe in the ideals of the Republican Party all you want to. What's left of it, if anything's left of it, whatever. But believe in those things. But let's not debate morality and ethics between these two families. There, There is no debate. So, Especially when half of the people involved in what should be a debate refuse to see anything in the mirror. Refuse to see anything. I mean, I... I <laughs> Donald Trump is not a godly man. No, uh, apparently he's a non-denominational. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. He doesn't even know how. I, he's a okay. apparently he's a non-denominational Christian. That was a quote from. <laughs> okay. So listen. Look, I'm all right. I, you can have that one. That's fine. I am. <laughs> I am of the mindset that you can vote for who you want to vote for. If you say you like a person, just like the person. But don't try to, you know, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Exactly. Do not tell me that Biden is anywhere close to the corruption of Donald Trump. He is not. The proof is out there. They've had all kind of committee hearings on these things. Right. All you have to do is do your research. That's all you have to do. There's a million reasons not to like Joe Biden, by the way. Sure. A million. He wasn't my 10th choice. <laughs> like a million reasons, mm-hmm. okay? 1994 crime bill. He's been around a long time. You know, Trump hit on some of that, which is great. Mm-hmm. But the character of the man is not one of them. Mm-hmm. I- I'm sorry, it's just not, in my opinion. And even if it were, even if it were, we've seen him in action. We've seen him surround himself with smart people who are going to help him get the job done. Yes. And that's what I've said over and over. He wasn't even my 10th choice. But he I'm replacing a whole cabinet with him. I am, you know, future Supreme Court justices perhaps. You know, all, a whole wealth of other people is who I'm casting a vote for. Can I get a side note on the Supreme Court? You can get a side note on the Supreme Court. So you and I have actually been talking about this since the first debate. Indeed. And I'm of the mindset that Joe Biden is going to pack the court. Um, it's re- the reason he hasn't answered. But someone posted something on Twitter the other day that I read that really struck me. How the media talks in partisan terms. And everyone always says that the media is super liberal. Everyone says that. But the media always says packing the court instead of expanding the court so when you say expanding the court it takes on a whole different connotation than court packing so I think he is going to expand the court and I think he's going to try to find people who are not affiliated with any political groups and who actually look at the law actual Nonpartisan, right? I think it, justices, and it's been a long while since that's happened. Uh, there's not any one party to blame for that, so I'm not gonna say the Republicans got lucky. So this is how it, this is what it is. But I think we need to start saying expanding the court instead of packing the court. So what has gone on in the lower courts with these appointments? 
is that packing or expanding? That would be packing. I think it's packing yeah. because what you're doing is you're 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 not looking for anyone who has A ratings because I, from what I understand, some of these people <laughs> have Fs. Mm-hmm. You're looking for ideology, right? And you're looking to push the country in a certain ideo- I, ideological way. <laughs> And you don't care how they interpret the law. You want them to interpret the law the way you see the law. Right. And that's not what the court system was designed for. Mm-hmm. And One that, thing that was just so heartbreaking to me, just even in the last couple of years, is, uh, yeah, is that we have activist judges. Yeah, so we don't want that. We don't want that. So. Good side note, we're going to come back to that in another episode, I think. Yeah, we're going to have to soon, yeah. Yep. Okay, so then uh, uh, that was national security. Who gets the check mark? Who gets the point on, who gets the point on national I, security? I, I kind of think it's like a push because I don't, I don't think Joe Biden said anything that made me think he was going to secure anything. And I, Trump just punted mm-hmm. because he just attacked. But he saw that as an opportunity to get in some of his, his attacks on the Ukraine and stuff like that. Right. And, and a couple of them landed. A couple of them landed, yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. So let's move on to American families and the economy. One of the issues that's most important to them is health care, as you both know. Today there was a key vote on new Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, and health care is at the center of her confirmation fight. Over 20 million Americans get their health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. It's headed to the Supreme Court, and your administration, Mr. President, is advocating for the court to overturn it. If the Supreme Court does overturn the law, those 20 million Americans could lose their health insurance almost overnight. So what would you do if those people have their health insurance taken away? This is another one. We already know where the check mark goes for this one. Health we'll insu- talk about it anyway. Yeah, health insurance and COVID, Trump can't speak on. He absolutely cannot speak on. Um, he's been promising a plan since 2016. We don't have one. Right. I mean, that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't, you, you know, you want to take away the individual mandate, what you've done. Fine. You want to get rid of Obamacare during a pandemic and take away pre-existing conditions. It makes no sense to me. But if you're going to do that, have something ready to go. And you don't. And why do you think that is? Why doesn't he have anything ready to go? Yeah. I don't think he cares about health insurance. I think if the plan was not known as Obamacare, he'd leave it alone. I believe he hates Obama. Period. Full stop. And anything that Obama did, he wants to undo, including that. He has no interest in a new plan. If he did, we would have one. It's been four years. The first two years you had control of the House and the Senate. If you wanted to push through an actual plan, you could have done so. You couldn't because when you try to, Republicans voted against it. John McCain didn't like Obamacare. He didn't like it. He voted against it. So you, you never had a plan. Your only objective there is to get rid of something with the name of a person you don't like, period. So this can't go to Trump. He doesn't have a plan. Like, that's, that's the thing in, in these kind of elections. I, I think 
where Trump has stumbled is in 2016, he didn't have to run on any record. Mm -hmm. He was this new guy and he was new to politics. Hillary Clinton had a record. She had to defend it and a lot of people didn't like it. So she lost. Now you have a record. You have four years in office. And in those four years, 220,000 people have died. You got rid of the individual mandate. You have no health plan, no infrastructure plan, no real energy plan, no plan to, to secure our elections. But he's got a really cool list of nicknames he calls people. <laughs> I mean. AOC plus three. Like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. I'm, I mean, I'm it's not the squad. Oh, so he's talking about Omar. And, oh, is that what that is? Yes. They said she's going to make shirts now that say AOC plus me. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I would wear one. <laughs> she's looking for designers. I, I mm -hmm. saw her tweet it. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I have to remind people that um, AOC is not running for president. Uh, neither is Hunter Biden or Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Just, just want to put that out there. Yep. <laughs> So even though uh, we know that the point already goes to Biden, just to throw it out there, what do you think about Biden care, Obamacare with a public option? You know, I've long talked about health care, and I think you have to do, like I'm not a fan of Obamacare, uh, full disclosure. I actually had it even, and I'm not a fan because I work in accounting slash HR and the compliance for Obamacare with businesses is incredibly, it's, it's a lot. Um, so I don't think it was the best plan, but I think with most social plans over the history of our country, you get something in and you hope that we tweak it along the way. I think that was his hope and it didn't happen because they ended up losing the House and the Senate. Um, I like the public option, but I, I'm, I think you go all in or all out. So I think you just do all public and you find a way to deal with these private health uh, insurance companies or you, you don't. So I don't know how Obamacare with a public option looks. I'm all for, you know, I guess, I guess I'm all for socialized medicine. Mm -hmm. um, I was just going to say pretty much the same thing. I think I am. I mean... And if I if I have to pay some more in taxes, so that but it's I, see, we can all do what we have to do. You see, this is another thing. Like, it's so nuanced. Um, you know, debates are nuanced, so you can't get all these things in. And you know, they used to always hit Bernie Sanders with that. You pay more in taxes. Well, listen, right now I pay four hundred and eighty-six dollars a pay period. Right for that, insurance that goes away that's yes it's almost a thousand dollars a month that goes away okay and so even if some of that money then gets funneled into a tax bill somewhere you're still coming out ahead and right. keeping everybody healthy so if i don't have to pay that thousand dollars and then you come to me and say hey johnny we're going to take out a hundred dollars a paycheck for socialized medicine <laughs> that's two hundred dollars money i'm saving eight hundred dollars that is not a tax increase for me right and people don't seem to get that. Well, yeah, I mean, so I guess I walked into that by calling it, say, more in taxes. But what I meant was I'm not paying those monthly premiums. You are getting so money I'm in your pocket. coming out ahead, really. Right. People and don't I can afford to go to the doctor. I say, Joe and I have the best insurance we can't afford to use. Walmart coverage is great, but we can't afford it. So, you know, <laughs> we have to have the biggest deductible, so I still can't go and that's what, do I, what I want to do. That's what I always say. People always say, oh, 
you have a $10,000 deductible. Why don't you get the 5000 You think I got $5,000 lying around? Right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. One way or another, <laughs> I still can't go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm screwed if I need surgery regardless. Yep. So, no, I think, you know, a plan is better than no plan. So, that, so in my opinion, at least Biden has a plan. And I really think it was probably um, the fully a fully public option that weeded out other Democratic candidates in the primaries. Yes. Um, nobody seems to have the appetite for that. And that's what Biden keeps saying, you know, I won. And I, and I know, you know, <laughs> Trump, he said to Trump, you're not you want to run against all these other people you're running against me biden has never been one for the fully public option it's one of the one of the reasons of many that obama chose him as the running mate because obama didn't want the fully public option if you remember when he was in the primary against hillary she wanted the full public option and he did not right which is kind of why for a little while i liked her more um so, yeah, I mean, a plan is better than no plan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can talk about all the zingers back and forth. Biden has a health care plan. Trump does not. The Strongly Worded Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Flagler County Basketball Program. For high-quality, community-based youth basketball, you don't have to look any further than the Flagler County Hurricanes. Open to young people 8 through 18. Season starts November 7th. Sign up now at flaglerhurricanes.com. It's the first technical difficulty you've had in three weeks. So we just had a really riveting conversation about minimum wage going to $15 an hour and those types of decisions. And it was probably among the smartest podcasting Johnny and I have ever done. (laughs) And I just looked over and realized we weren't recording. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to tell you, it was great. I mean... If we're international now, that nugget, that piece of conversation would have lit we, up the globe. We could have been in Uzbekistan. <laughs> been in Djibouti. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So um, I don't know that we can create recreate the whole thing. But here, here's what we were saying, though, <laughs> <laughs> while we weren't being recorded. Um, we were talking about moving along in a debate. Uh, I, I had a couple of moments that I thought were really good for for a presidential debate. One of those moments was when they were talking about the economy and they were talking about the $15 minimum wage. And I felt like for the first time, Trump gave an answer befitting of someone running for office. Uh, it was the best answer I've ever seen him give in any of his debates ever, in which he talked about how he thought $15 an hour should be a state's right issue. Um, I've said that at times, but I have people who are smarter than me who think I'm wrong about that, who think the more money you put in people's pockets, the more they spend, the economy grows. I've been an accountant for small businesses, and I don't know if those small businesses can 
sustain $15 an hour minimum wage for all their employees. And I wonder, for instance, if you go to, if you don't like Carrabba's Olive Garden and you go to, you know, your local Italian spot that's been there 20 years, he uses his mom's spaghetti sauce, can he pay $15 an hour? I don't know. And I was saying uh, that something has to be done about the minimum wage because of the years and years that the cost of living has increased and the minimum wage has not. Like, we've got some catch-up to do. And I threw out the question, then, do we determine that by the state? Do we determine that at a national level? Do we determine that by the size of the company or the revenue of the company? How do we do that? Because we both agreed that what minimum wage should provide uh, is a life where people aren't having to work two and three jobs to right. live. You should work one job and be able to pay rent, eat, and keep your lights on. That was my line. I stole last it. Time. I stole it. No <laughs> I one's, said that. No the one's last heard, time. I don't know. No one. No one heard it too. If it's not recorded, <laughs> did it really happen? Yes, that was Sue's line. You know, <laughs> she she said, and I agree. You should work one job and be able to pay rent in the state you live in and buy groceries and keep your lights on. That's not talking about extra stuff like cable and all this kind of stuff. You know, those are luxury items, unfortunately. But you should be able to do that. And we both know people that are working two and three jobs. Yeah. Here. And still hardly bringing it all together. Exactly. Because, you know, one job is paying $7 or $8 an hour. and one, It's not enough. No, it's not. One of the reasons why uh, I didn't work for a while is because all I would be working for is the cost of daycare. Mm. After having been out of the workforce for a, a while. You hear that so much. I've, I've been at jobs where people have quit mm-hmm. because of that. Right. They, yeah, they weren't making enough, and they just said, hey, I'm not, you know, I, I can stay home and do this if all my money's going out. And people would say to me, oh, it's such, such a luxury to be home with your kids. And I would think to myself, what the heck is luxurious about having two pennies left over at the end of every month, if that, you know, kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul because... I think they assume, uh, people often assume. People assume you can afford it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's what I, hey, that's what I was going to say. People assume that when you're a stay-at-home parent that you're doing it because the other, the other person is making so much money right. you can stay home. They don't understand what goes into that decision. Right. And, um, and then in our previous unrecorded conversation, I said there are probably a lot of entities that uh, do not want to see a, a big increase in minimum wage and perhaps maybe that's part of the reason why it hasn't increased over time but then we borrow less yeah and that and i never thought about that, that never crossed my mind see i said something smart <laughs> 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 you sound like fredo over there i'm smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I thought i thought that gave voters a clear view because um, everyone has an ideology on that. Um, some people strongly believe $15 an hour. Other people believe, oh, you got to, you know, pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Do what you can. Right. And so I and think. My, my dad would say uh, it's going to put people out of business that, you know, employers have to be able to make some money. He might, to, he might be right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and, that, and that's the, um, 
the internal conflict in me, right? So, you know, I, I'm a degreed accountant now, and I can see P&Ls, and I understand all that. I understand business a little bit, I think. And he might be right in some respects. But what do they do? I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't imagine they just raise the minimum wage and do nothing for small businesses. What's the counter to the fifteen dollar minimum wage? Do they just leave businesses hanging out there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Joseph, my son, says that government or they. He actually says they. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly who he means. Wants to keep Americans at work, like overworked and sick and dumb, because then government can do what it wants. And we're too busy to protest it. We need to have him on the podcast <laughs> because, you know, I've always said, I, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about welfare once. And he was lamenting the fact that there were so many people on welfare who shouldn't be, were getting, was getting away with it. And I said to him, that's how the government wants it. He said, well, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean, John? You know, he, he, knows, who, he, he knows who he is now. <laughs> and I said, if the government can find bin Laden in a cave in the middle of Afghanistan, they can find out who is milking, I mean, milking welfare. They do what they want to do. I've long thought that. You know, you can, they can do whatever they want. They find the money for what they want to find the money for. Yep. So Joseph is right. He is. That's my boy. <laughs> right there. All right. So that, that, was, that was the economy. And, and uh, I know that there are some other points you want to touch on. Do we want to touch on immigration? Oh, that's another that's another another thing where I think Trump won, but he won because the argument was more nuanced. So they were talking about. You think Trump won that one? Yes, because here's the thing. No, well, I think he created enough doubt for people. So Joe Biden was really getting on him, especially when you talk about the kids being taken from their parents and Trump saying good. <laughs> which I seem to have gotten laws. But it is true that the cages were built by Obama and Biden. But I'm going to probably blow a lot of people's minds with this who didn't like President Obama and, and think Trump is stronger on immigration. The person who deported the most people in the history of our country, the president who did the most, President Barack Obama. A lot of people don't realize that. And so, you know, he was asking, Joe, who built the cages? Joe, who built the cages? They built the cages to detain people, but they built them for families. Taking children and separating them from their parents was not an Obama policy. And see, that's nuanced, right? Mm -hmm. in, in two minutes, you can't get that done. So when he says, Joe, who built the cages? His, his supporters, and maybe even some people on the fence, will think that President Obama and them were doing the same thing, but they were not. And, you know, you voted for a guy who was probably less tough 
been President Obama. So I thought that was a good moment when he said, who built the cages, who built the cages. A terrible moment, though, in the debate was when Joe Biden was talking about, uh, and not necessarily immigration. So, you know, he was on him about immigration and the dreamers and all that. He, he really hit him hard. He had a moment where he talked about Trump and him. It's not about my family or his family. It's about your family. Yeah, I was going to go to that. And, and um, he's right. And Trump basically mocked him. And I, and I remember I, po- I posted on my Facebook and my aunt hated it. She was like, what? Because I said, Trump is basically saying, fuck your family. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Yeah. You know, he, think, he can't even understand that kind of empathy. He thinks that's a political thing, which it could be. Obviously, it's a calculated thing. I'm sure in debate prep. But, but he doesn't believe in that because empathy is weakness to him. Right. So when he says that to me, I'm like, oh, that's great. And then, but Trump supporters are like, oh, that's just politics. Because you, you got, some of you guys like empathy. Like I said, the country as a whole lacks empathy. Mm-hmm. It's not um, one party. The country as a whole lacks empathy. And so that part of the debate also struck, you know, struck a chord with me because it's, I don't care about Hunter, I don't care about Ivanka, Jared Kushner. None of those dudes are running for president. I only care about what Biden and Trump have to say. Mm-hmm. What about the conversation about catch and release? Any thoughts on that? <sighs> I mean, you know, immigrate, so complicated, right? Um, I have, like I said, there's people smarter than me who know more about this. What do you think about that? What do you think about catch and release? Me? Are you, oh, you're asking you, me. You, you. I'm sitting back stretched. I'm the, I moderate these conversations. Well, you know what? So listen, of 200-something oh. people that have listened to our podcast, you know, I ask people for feedback. Mm-hmm. And some of that feedback has been they want Sue to talk more. <laughs> and Johnny to talk less. Really? <laughs> yes. I can't imagine that. Fe- a feedback. <laughs> some of that feedback was from family members of mine. <laughs> what do you think I, about I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know a lot about catch and release. And that's, you know. Yeah, so like, they, you know, they were getting down to weeds. Mm-hmm. You know, even I, you know, I haven't done a lot of research on that and, and those kind of things. But I do know in the aftermaths of the debate, they were talking about. And I, listen, I'm not trying to stick up for Trump, the people who are liberals listening to this. But they were talking about kids who were separated from their parents and how sometimes they try to return the kids. Mm-hmm. And the parents say, no, leave them in America. Yeah. They try not to be found. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that's not the majority, but that is an issue. Mm-hmm. But he, did, he didn't articulate that issue. Well, why do they do that? Because uh-huh. they want their kid to have a better life. Right. The reason why they wanted to be here in the first place. I mean, it's I'm, not some callous, they just don't care, want to leave their kids to be a drain on our resources. I'm all for immigration, but it's, it's way past time that our senators, congressmen have come up, can come up with a way for it to be done the right way, a legal way, a way that doesn't hurt families, that we don't have to hurt families. You know, I don't know what the issue is. Uh, I don't know. Our, our politics is a little bit out of hand, but that's another discussion for the day. So what Trump said about it is it doesn't matter because he terminated it, so we don't have to worry about it. 
<laughs> in terms of catch and release. All right, listeners, I will uh, read up. Who got that? Who got the point? Uh, and it was actually the, sh the shortest section in the debate because I think we've had so much of it leading up to Thursday night. Trump has done an awful job. In, so I got to judge him on his record. Right. So, like, I'll give it to Biden just because Trump has an awful record there. Like, I mean, he just. And was Biden and Obama, Obama and Biden's record better? <sighs> I mean. And again, that's another question. I ask a question when I don't know the answer sometimes. They deported more people. There wasn't as much scandal. Well, there wasn't as much scandal kind of across the board. Yeah, I mean, they weren't xenophobic about it. Um, they didn't block Muslims from entering our country. See, this is all on his record now. Right. So, like, unfortunately for Trump, when I'm watching this debate, I'm thinking about your record, too. Mm -hmm. And so I'd rather have Biden handling it. That's just me, though. Other, right. other people will disagree, so I would give it to him. I'm good giving the point to Biden for that. Yeah. Okay, on race in America. Oh, please. We've talked about this yeah. at length in a previous episode also, so we uh, don't have to give it. So we will give. I give the point to Biden, um, and here's the reason why. I am fully aware that Joe Biden wrote the 1994 crime bill. I also know what's in the bill. Um, I know about banning assault weapons. I know about... Uh, the defense of women. I know all about that. But when you ask someone to speak to a black family and Biden goes and tells you he understands at least a little about what it's like to talk to a black man and say, hey, keep your hands attended to, don't get shot by these police officers. And Trump doesn't even make the attempt and then says, I'm the least racist person in this room. Which means you're, you know, I, I don't know his grasp of English. You know, I'm not the best talker <laughs> but if you're the least racist person that means you still could be a little racist you're just not as racist as this other dude instead of just saying i'm not a racist mm -hmm. the words you choose they matter so for me i trust biden more on issues of race um the 1994 crime bill is a whole other podcast in itself to talk about who wrote it what was in it what kind of people voted for it, and including the entirety of the Black Caucus at the time? That's a fact. So that's a whole other thing. But no, on issues of race, no one can tell me Trump is better at it, period. Now, really, the big question of that section was, did Trump refer to himself as Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get it, like, when Biden no. was making the joke. Right. Like, here's the thing. Oh man, I'm so I'm so glad he you. He doesn't have the ability to discern humor like that. I'm like so I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> he keeps saying he's done more for black people than any other president, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln. And I keep telling people, Lyndon B. Johnson would like a word. <laughs> he signed the Civil Rights Act. Right. What are we talking like? And again, I've said in the past that Trump saying stuff like this has given people the right to, you know, to say stuff as well. And I got to be honest with you. I am so tired of people who 
are not of color telling me what presidents have done for me. <laughs> I mean, I really think that's an excellent point, and I'm not trying to uh, defy the feedback of America and the world to keep handing you the mic on this, but you are the one, I think, more qualified I mean, to speak on this topic, and it's come up. Like, I keep seeing people, and it, like a lot of times it's white men and women telling me Christ. what it is to be black in America. I, I don't know how they know. I got into an argument. I got into, I got into an argument with Here we go. a couple of people. <laughs> One was a woman who said that Trump has done more for black people. She posted on another friend of mine's uh, post, commented. And I asked, which one of your black friends told you that Trump has done more for them? Now, I got friends. I got a friend that's black, started her business under Trump. So she thinks he's done a lot. She's black. Sorry, I knocked on the table. I hope you can get that out. <laughs> um, she's black, though. Mm -hmm. This woman did not tell me she had any friends. She said she had a granddaughter who was mixed, and they don't believe in protesting social justice. And I asked, what does that have to do with Trump doing things for black people? No answer. Crickets. So then another conversation, a friend of mine during the debate didn't like Trump's answer. This guy posted something that supposedly Joe Biden said that Facebook then immediately said, fact-checked and said it wasn't true. So I asked him, what made him the authority on being black in America as a He's white like, man? I know a black guy. And he said, he said, well, my son-in-law is black and my grandchildren are black. I said, cool, they'll be the authority then. Then he said, oh, so I'll be dealing with it. And I said to him, you won't be dealing with anything because you're a white man. Your son-in-law will be dealing with it. Your grandkids will be dealing with it, but you won't. So again, has your son-in-law told you Trump did more for him? Has your grandkids told you that? Who is giving you this information? And what I hate the most is when people are telling you how much Trump has done for black people. And then what I like to do is I go, you know, look at their friends list if it's available. Because sometimes you can hide it on social media. And then you see they have 545 friends and 544 of them are white people. So you're not even dealing with black people to know this. Stop just listening to talking points of these politicians. Trump has not done more for black people than any other president. Yes, they passed a criminal reform law that was written, the, <laughs> the bones of it was written during the last administration. They asked Biden why he didn't get it done. Well, Mitch McConnell said during Obama's first term he wanted to make him a first one-term president. He didn't want to pass anything. We've not forgotten that. But again, in a debate, you can't get that in in right. two minutes. But please, people across the country, stop telling me how, how it is to be black. That's all I ask. I mean, unless you're black. And I mean, then, you know, it, then that's the conversation. Yeah, I, I have conversations with, with um, I got a couple of, uh, couple of friends, uh, shout out to Quinn, he knows who he is. You know, he, he, he likes some of the stuff Trump does. Not all, and we have conversations about it, and we have conversations about Biden, and we have, you know, but he's a black man, he has the experience. I don't try to tell people how it is to be white in America. I don't know what that is. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> and, and really, I don't ever consider it 
my job to talk about your experience. I consider it my job to call out other white people when they're getting it wrong. I mean, I get it wrong sometimes too, but I, you know. We all get it wrong. I just, how could you be so, like, you forgot about the Civil Rights Act? Like, this dude signed a bill that made me be able to go into the bathroom the same place as you. Right. Like, that's a pretty big deal. He's not a smart man. <laughs> All right, we really we're going long on this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move us because we have had conversation at length. Yes. In a previous episode, um, and I know that you have a point in this next section that you wanted to make earlier when I screwed up the recording, and the next <laughs> section was climate change. Oh yeah, so they had a whole conversation about climate change. Uh, you know the AOC plus three, but I think this also led into Joe Biden making perhaps his biggest flub where he said he was going to move Texas away from oil. Again, some of these points can't be made in a debate because what he's really trying to say is he's going to move those oil jobs into clean energy jobs. That doesn't come across in the two minutes. So it gives Trump the opportunity to say, Texas, do you hear that? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You, you're going to get rid of the oil industry? How do you feel about that, Texas? Because mm-hmm. Texas is supposed to be close right now. I thought that was a big mistake by Joe Biden, because like I said, in a debate, that's more when you give a speech at a rally where someone can cover it and you can be more nuanced. You can't do that in two minutes. Absolutely not. And I agree with you on this point. I thought it was like, I thought, I, I almost wondered if he even meant to say it. Oh, he meant to say it. He meant to say it because it's what he wants to do. And, but I just don't that think. That can't be the way he practiced it. No way. Oh, no, 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 no. In debate prep today. Right. <laughs> no, they probably told him to stay away from that. Yeah. Because like I said, you, you can't articulate that clearly. Um, and you can't detail your plan Mm-mm. two minutes here, 30 seconds there. And I understood what he meant, but if I'm an oil worker in Texas right now mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about vote, voting for Biden, I may think again now. Right. Yeah, I kind of likened it to Trump throwing out that Johnson & Johnson, who I believe stopped work on the <laughs> yes. vaccine, was going to have one to us by Christmas. Right. That it kind of got out there and he couldn't get it back because that couldn't have been the way. No, 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 no. But the truth of the matter is... Um, I I fully believe that a Biden administration actually believes in climate change. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Believes that issues dealing with climate are real and important and, you know, will will move us in a positive direction in that way. Yes, Trump is a science denier. That's why 220,000 people... I mean, we can go... I mean, his ideology on science is why we haven't made any movement on climate change and it's why 220,000 people are dead from COVID. Like to me and and forgive me I'm not trying I mean I am trying to be flip because that's kind of what I do but we have a guy in charge who doesn't believe in climate change but now we have Space Force. I'm not even I, I can't. You can. I mean, I don't. I don't even <laughs> like I uh, like I said a couple of minutes ago. 
They find money for what they want to. They find money for what they want to. So you're telling me about a space force, but you're telling me we don't have money for another COVID relief act. <laughs> like, we're like, what are we doing? Right. Like, you want to send? You you're trying to find Luke Skywalker? What what's going on? I don't. Mm-hmm. That leaves me speechless. So, which is rare. My wife which would tell rare. you. All right, so this is our special edition on the debate. So I guess the final question is, who won? I think Biden won the debate, um, and here's why. I, I think in a debate, what I want to hear, and this is my scorecard, I want to hear what your plans are for the next four years. And I have not heard Trump detail any plans for the next four years. Um, so just off that he wins for me. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you may not agree with Biden's plan, but he has one. Right. I don't know that I believe Biden won. I mean, Biden's got my vote, but I don't think that Trump necessarily has to have, I mean, we know this, he doesn't have to have a plan to win in the eyes of his supporters. Um, what he needed to do, I think, to be strong in the debate to have a strong finish in this debate is what he did. He didn't interrupt. He calmed down. Uh, no, see, I can't. I can't let it that. It was a performance. I can't let that. I can't. I'm sorry to cut you, but I can't let that fly. Like we can't lower expectations just because he's an idiot. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, mean, like, I don't disagree with that, but I but, mean, in terms of so, the country watching this television program on Thursday. So because he didn't interrupt, he did a good job. Nah. No, that, because it, he didn't interrupt, I he he uh, was still the guy that half the country likes. I mean, it was pretty hard to defend his last performance, even among the people who liked him. I, I don't think he lost. I think, well, you know, I often think incumbents mostly win because since I've been alive, that's what's happened. So I don't, you know, I'm not predicting a Joe Biden win. But I think. Of the debate. No, of just the election. The You're debate, not predicting a Joe Biden win for the nah, election? I, I don't know how that's going to go, to be honest with you. Mo- mostly incumbents usually get a second term. Oh, Sue's Sue, Sue's face right now. <laughs> I'm chewing but, my lip. <laughs> but listen. It's the first time I've ever really heard you most incumbents get a second term. Well, I mean, I know that, but I, I don't. I think this election is unlike anything I've ever, any I, time I've ever. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. But I just feel like, in general, when you're an incumbent, you're running on your record. Okay, Mexico did not build the wall. We do not have the health care. We don't have a health care plan. Immigration is a mess. The economy is a mess because you mishandled the coronavirus. Education is a mess. That is your record. And you got to speak to that. So I don't care if you, you can interrupt a million times if you're going to say something. Mm-hmm. The first debate, yeah, sure, he was a jerk. He was a jerk and he still didn't say anything. So now he was a less, less of a jerk and still didn't say anything. But what I was saying isn't that you or I have to lower our expectations to choose who we're going to vote for. What I'm saying is none of that matters to the people who are going to vote for somebody like that. But I think this time, in this election, that's why I don't know how it's going to go, I think he's going to need more than those people. And he's losing a lot of those people. And that's, why, that's what I'm saying. So I think that's why I'm saying he lost. Okay. If you go into that debate, 
who is was more likely to get someone who voted for Trump last time to switch to Biden? And who was more likely to get someone that voted for Hillary to switch to, switch to Trump? Did Trump move any of us? No. We both voted for Hillary, I assume. Right. Okay. He didn't move any of us. Now, are there some people who might be thinking, I mean, we have the whole Lincoln Project <laughs> run by Republicans. That is absolutely something we haven't talked about that we, we could. I mean, ju point. just that alone tells you who's winning these debates. I think it'll be interesting when the election concludes on the third or fourth or however, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know that we'll have a president when we wake up on the fourth. I think we will. I would love it. I, my, my Facebook cover art said, vote in number so great. I think they I, can't be manipulated. I think um, the mail-in ballots, mo most of them will already be in. I think we have, what, 50 million people have already voted? And that number's going to grow because we have all the way till next Saturday. I hope it continues to grow. I hope there isn't a point where it, like everybody who is going to vote has voted. The COVID, no, there's going to be more people that vote on election day. I'm one of these people that like to go on election day. I, I am the same way. I, I, I still haven't made my final decision. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would kind of like to be available at work so any of my employees can go on election mm -hmm. day. I took the day off and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of turnout and I think we're going to know. Um, I don't think it's going to be official. Mm -hmm. and this little, because these people know, excuse me, what counties do what. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to election night. I'll stay up late mm -hmm. like I always oh, do. That's my favorite. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Trump loses these debates. Because last time he didn't have to convince other people to get on his side. Mm -hmm. Because like, he had such an unlikable person. We can talk about why people didn't like her another time in Hillary Clinton that he didn't have to do much work. Okay, mm -hmm. There's some people who didn't like her so much that they would vote for anybody against her. Biden's not the same. Mm -hmm. He's just not. So he had to go into these debates and move the needle somehow. And he did not. So to me, that's a loss. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. We would like to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our special debate, final presidential debate episode. Uh, we will return on Wednesday. We will drop a, a new episode on Strongly Worded Wednesday. We're going to be talking about taking care of aging parents, that yeah. sandwich generation. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I can't wait to get into that. My mom, I told my mom we were doing it, and she's like, "Are you going to talk about me?" Yes, mom, I am. Yeah, I know it might be the first episode my parents listen to. I don't know. I might have to teach them how to listen to a podcast because they'll be interested to hear. All right, so you can find us on social media. We have a Facebook page, Strongly Worded Podcast. We are Strongly Worded Pod on Instagram and Snapchat. Snapchat. We are Strongly Worded P on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know maybe we'll well we can say it on our next episode but maybe we'll live tweet a little bit on election final election oh that would be nice yeah, yeah. that would be cool yeah. okay well thanks for thanks for the special edition Johnny oh yeah uh, thank you world <laughs> for listening we will see you next time this
Strongly Worded Podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Max Lamont Hamilton.